So ladies, it's really good to see you this morning. Um, I think yeah, I was as blessed as you were. were you, did you just love that this morning, just hearing um, how the ministry can be at certain times, how we can have the trials of our lives, and yet we have to show up at women's study, and we have to smile, and we have to act like everything is fine. And that's what we're going to be talking about. And that's what we're going to be praying about. And let's go to prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you for each gal that's here. Father, that in the midst of whatever she's doing, Lord Jesus, she is a leader. You have called her to lead. You have called her to be maybe an assistant. You have called her to be a prayer warrior. Whatever is the detail you have called into her life, she is serving you. And now, Lord, as we look into your word, I ask you, God, that you would come among us. Father, that we can be real and transparent with one another. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to be talking to you today about 2 Timothy. Just to give you a very quick backdrop about my life, I was married to a man named Brent Heather. <coughs> who was a pastor in Twin Falls, Idaho, and then also in Buell, Idaho. I was married to him for 31 years, and he uh, had a very strange liver cancer, and the Lord took him home. I was a pastor's wife for 31 years, and then, to make a long story short, um, I remarried what I said I would never do, and that was, please God, never have me marry another pastor because I had done that and I knew what that was like and and I didn't even want to remarry at all but if I, the Lord was going to send somebody to marry me I wanted to do what God wanted me to do but this is the words I told the Lord I said Lord if you are going to use me as um, in, in a marriage that I'm not going to be able to be single and be self-centered my whole life long if you're going to use me and you want me to just be this way then Lord I'm sorry we just got a few seats here that we just need help with that's a perfect idea then Lord Jesus um, I will I will marry who you want me to marry but they have to be exactly like me Oh, girls, don't, you're God, don't ever. And I said, and I'm sure there's no one else like that out there. So I'm pretty safe on the second husband not being a pastor. I met somebody named Gerald Hagerman. Gerald Hagerman's wife had died seven months before my husband died. Her name was Cindy Hagerman. She had a bile duct cancer. She was a non-smoker, non-drinker, just like my husband. They died of the exact same rare cancer that happens to like one in every like million people. They both died at the same age. They were both married 31 years, right? And he had four children, I had two. We had all raised our kids in the ministry. We had all served the Lord till literally death did us part with our spouses. And now I'd like to tell you that I'm on the other side of that and I've been married now 10 years to my second pastor and I love him with my entire heart. And uh, we're having wonderful time serving the Lord together. But with all of that, I can talk to you a little bit authoritative um, because 
I have done women's ministry for years and years. I have taught women's fellowship for over 40 years, somewhere. <laughs> okay, and it was either in Idaho or now I'm down in California, but I have taught women's fellowship for a very long time. And so we're going to be looking at 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. Ladies, Paul is an apostle by the pleasure of God making him one. You are a women's leader by the pleasure of God to raise you up to be that leader of that group or that support person or that table leader or whatever he's doing to use you to minister to women. It's his pleasure to use you. He has singled you out for a purpose to reach inside ladies' hearts. Now, another thing the Lord has called you, if you are in the ministry, that he has called you also to raise up others to do what we're doing, to come alongside of us, to, to raise up the next generation. Whether or not you're in your 20s, then you're looking for someone 18. If you're in your 30s, you're looking for someone 20. If you're, you know, whatever it is, you're always looking for someone else to pour into to raise them up. I always tell the girls in our church that when I have them fill in for me for speaking, it's their rightful place on the stage because it's the next generation. We want to continue to raise up the next generation, and that will be a success for your ministry, which will make it vibrant because there's just something about youth, and there's something about bringing them alongside of us, all right? So don't despise them there. Be thrilled that they're there. Paul, in verse 2, it says here, um, verse 2, Grace and peace be with you, Timothy, from the God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Timothy, I want you to think of, is stepping into some really big steps. Paul is going to prison. Paul is looking at Timothy, and he's gonna, he has poured into his heart, and Paul now is going to go and leave this ministry as Paul goes to prison with timid, panicked, nervous, self-doubting, Timothy. You will be my protege. Now, many of you girls in this room go, no, she's more qualified than her, and she has a stronger personality than her. And many of us, are we don't even consider the Joseph out in the field, right? Many of us are not Joseph, but the David out in the field that's tending the sheep. We're looking at the brother brothers that are more confident and more, you know, as they came to make them priests. Ladies, you don't know the nugget of gold. that It's so funny she says that because I always say that. The nugget of gold that God has there in your ministry. So what you need to start doing is praying, Lord, who am I to be pouring into and rising up? You want to you want to continue to duplicate yourself. And you know, ladies, I have other women. We have almost 200 ladies out on Sunday or on Tuesday mornings at our study, and we have near to 100 women out on Tuesday night for our studies. And there'll be many ladies that'll come up near my age, and they'll say, "Now, next time you want to, and you know how sad for me what I've had to say is." I'm raising up 
the next generation. Not that they're not qualified, not that they don't have lots of wisdom, not that they can't be table leaders, not that they can't be a big asset in my life, help in my life, but raise them up, raise them up. So I look for the younger ones that are not going to be in my generation, but for their generation, all right? So look for that, girls. No matter what age you're in, look a few years younger and see what you can do with what God's given you. Many times God will call us to do something else in the ministry other than teach. Um, I want you to see here that this, thank you so much. This is exciting for me because um, my friend who is just walking away, Lori, this is what we give our girls. Each one of you got three of them. We just brought some examples for you. As they come into Women's Fellowship, uh, this is the latest one we did, Samuel, then we did After His Own Heart, this one, and then we did the Colossians. These are what they get every year when they come into my women's Bible study, and except they're a lot, lot thicker, all right? These are just little examples. But So if I have someone coming into my study and they're fairly new, all right, they will walk in, they will see right away what we believe in, and then they will go ahead and look to the next page, and they will see what we're going to be studying, and it's all written out for them. I'm giving these to you for just an example, all right? Many of you don't have one of these machines that correlate, or you don't have somebody like Lori that knows how to do it. And so you can get a notebook. Go on the internet if you need to and just put in your Bible verse, looking for notebooks that have your Bible verse on it, what you're going to be studying. They're out there. But something to hand the girls when they come in. Paul was raising up Timothy, and he is going to give him some great ideas here. First of all, he says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did. Ceasing, I remember, not ceasing, I remember you in my prayers always. That we are lifting up these women that are coming in our doors. And ladies, I really want to tell you, if you're a table uh, leader or if you are uh, what we have for ours is as the ladies come in they sit at tables and then we have worship and then um, I speak I teach uh, we go book by book chapter by chapter we do not go off of any written out study some of you are going oh that's just nervous but you know what it's God's word and you know what it's exciting. And you know what? Anybody all year long that walks into my women's study can pick up right where we are. No one is left out. No one's scouring to do homework at the last minute. No one's going, I can't go tonight because my homework's not done and they're going to call on me. I go by the word of God just like Calvary chapels have always done. And so we take it chapter by chapter, verse by verse, one chapter a week. All right? And you know what? I take them on a journey of Paul. I'll take them on a journey of David. I'll take them on a journey. And they get to know this book like none other. They know what the words mean. They know their personalities. And I'm going to give you some really good ideas on how to be creative. But first of all, one thing, ladies, if you are a teacher, if you're the one teaching the word or you're the one helping with the word, stay away from your friends at church. That'll kill your women's ministry. Focus on the ones walking in the door. I meet every single woman walking in that door. I stand there. I look at her. I hug her. I have a few other friends placed her chiggishly around. Just in case I didn't get to hug her because she's good about me, someone else is going to hug her. 
This is the most friendly group of women you could ever be in. Do you want to know why my women's study is the most friendly group you've ever been in? Because I was a new pastor's wife in the church that I inherited with Gerald Hagerman. I was the pastor's wife in Idaho 31 years, and then I was placed into this other church. Well, they didn't know me, all right? And I waited upon the Lord, and in time the Lord, uh, I started teaching again for a while there. It was just this honeymoon with my husband and I. Uh, Gerald's daughter, who was very confident and a great Bible teacher, was leading the women. It was a great time, and I really kind of was enjoying not having all that responsibility. And I was just holding my husband's hand saying how cute he was. And we're newly married, and then she moved to Utah to start a church with, and, and to convert the Mormons. And then my husband said, now you must do it. And I'd already done it for 30 years, but I waited upon him. His timing is perfect. But with that, I walked into Women's Fellowship, and not very many people knew me. Gerald and I had gotten married, and some people had met me, some people hadn't, and so no one really knew me very well, and at one of the first women's studies I went to, I don't think I was married at the time, I might have been, but I went in, and they're all at tables. Well, in our women's group, we have everyone come in and sit at a table of eight, all right? And each table has a table leader, all right? So I don't know if that's resonating with a lot of you, but that's how we do it. And then when I teach, then afterwards they kind of discuss what I talked about. Does that, is that kind of like where you're all at? Well, imagine seasoned pastor's wife of 31 years walking into her brand new church and coming up, I don't know anyone, and I found a, a seat and I sat down and this lady looked at me and she goes, that's taken. Oh. So I just moved over and felt pretty nice. She goes, that one's taken too. And I thought, if I ever am teaching in this church, it's going to be the friendliest church around. And you know what? Don't we? We have the reputation of the friendliest church. I greet them at the door. All right? I don't care if they have teeth. I don't care if they're walking in. They got a Gucci bag, although I do like Gucci bags. But I don't, I don't like judge them. I'll just take whoever walks in the door because God brought her to me. God's bringing these women to you. He chose you to minister to them. So always remember, ladies, with that responsibility, the love is just like God the Father flowing down to us. And then we take that love and flow down to them. But sometimes the love doesn't flow back up to you. Okay, pastor's wives. All of you are pastor's wives, I love you. But sometimes it just doesn't flow back up. So guess what? Let's stop expecting it to. You just continue to give. Pastor's wives just continue to give. Just what she said, continue to do what you were doing. Paul says, I'll continue to pray with you. And then he says here, what I call in remembrance, the genuine the, the faith that was in you, which first was in your grandmother Lois, then your mother Eunice, and now I'm persuaded you have the gift of teaching also. How many of you were kind of thrown into your women's group as the leader? Something happened and you just inherited a women's group. And then some of you inherited it either from your family or you inherited it with your husband, all right? 
But either way, God has called you to this group of women. And it says here that if we give them, the Bible's saying if we give them the living word of God, that's going to equip these girls. But you know what that's going to do for you ladies that have to teach it? You have to study. All right? You have to dig. We can't just look at a, something that's already been written out by somebody else and then and you will find yourself so um, in love with the Lord to be able to give the, what God gives you personally. Personally, you are just going to just enjoy giving it to him. You don't have to talk forever. You don't have to say all the right things, but just try. You know, first of all, if we want to become airborne, when you think of somebody doing hoops and they're bouncing a ball and then they, you know, they catch that air, they're jumping up like Michael Jordan, he jumps up, right? He catches that air. That's how we want to be in our women's ministries. We want to catch, we want to catch much air. We want to be airborne with these gals. We want to empower them to do what God's called them to do. Because God's called you to lead them, and now we want to empower them that they can. You know, one of the nicest compliments I've got from a lady in our church that came up to me, she said, you know what? What I've learned coming to your study more than anything is I want to read my Bible more and I want to pray more. Job's done. Ladies, if you get them wanting to pray more, and then you can get them wanting to read maybe the chapter ahead because the last one was pretty exciting and we only do one chapter, right? We don't just, you did your job. You got them in the word and you got them to pray more. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. And so here we see, if you want to become airborne, the first thing is you want to, you want to survive your ministry. You don't want to just survive your ministry, but you want to thrive in your ministry First of all, you need to remember, ladies, that um, this is Christ's ministry. It's not yours. All right? Commit it completely to the Lord, whatever that is. And give it to the Lord. Right now, I am going to pass around this little box. Please don't shake it. Please don't um, just pass it to your neighbor. All right? And we're just going to keep passing it around the room till I say stop. All right? But we'll start with you. And then if you'll just continue to pass it, keep taking notes. That's just something I'm doing right now. But keep that there. So first of all, you want to commit it to the Lord. And then it says that we want to stir up that gift that is in us. It says to stir up that gift by of God that is with you by the laying on of hands. And we want to stir up the women God has brought to us. Many of them are coming in tired. Many are going to come in don't know the Lord. Many of them are having marriage problems. Many of them are just exhausted with life, and they come to you for refreshment. And that's a, that's a big load, unless you're getting replenished like she was talking about today, unless you're still going into the Lord and meeting with the Lord alone. That is a big task to do. But first of all, if you want to be airborne, you want to thrive instead of survive your ministry, commit it to the Lord no matter what happens. Fasting, praying. And, you know, ask the Lord to show you what he wants you to do with your ministry instead of just keeping it the same way it's been for years. 
All right? Just, yep, that's it. Just keep passing it. Just keep asking the Lord, Lord, what is it? You know, my ladies' night study was concerning me because I didn't see that it was growing that much. And I went to the Lord and I said, you could pass it back there to you. Let me just bring it back up. It's just keep passing it. There's, there's a method to this. But when I went to the Lord, I said, Lord, why isn't the ladies' groups growing at night? What's going on, Lord? And you know what the Lord spoke to my heart? And he's like, you're hurrying them out the door. Okay, we have, we, I speak, I have my time that I'm giving them, the word of God, and then they have discussion time. And then at 8.30, okay, let's close in prayer, everybody. Quick, 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 let's pray. Lord Jesus, and we pray and they go home. And the Lord's going, don't close out your night study. When you break into your tables, just leave them there. And let the table leader know when to close out the table. If they have to get home, they have to go, as long as they're picking up their babies by the certain time from our nursery, but they can stay if they have a problem. There may be a table leader waiting there and this one legs behind because she's having marriage problems. She doesn't want everyone to know, but she wants to talk to that person. Ask the Lord, how do you want this to go? And then let the Lord use you to be creative, all right? If you're excited about God's word, they will get excited about God's word. If you are bored with God's word, they're going to be bored, all right? And so you look for this, and you look to see what we can possibly do to keep that going. And then that's going to airborne you. That's going to keep you committed. You're committing your life, your love your, to God. You're committing everything to the Lord. And then, ladies, you are committing your ministry. Lord, this is your ministry. Do you want it to be in tables? Do you want me to be preaching? Do you want? How do you want this to go, God? Just because I've done like this for 20 years doesn't mean I have to continue like this. Thank you for doing that. And then, ladies, in your ministry... Love your neighbor as yourself is what Jesus said because we care about ourselves. Right now we all care if we're hot or we're cold or we're thirsty or we're hungry. We do care about ourselves. We do. No, I'm selfless. And the selflessness that we have to show our ladies is because the society is all about self. We take selfies. Everything's about us. Everything's about me. Everything's about... And you know what? God's called you ladies in women's ministry to be selfless. He's going, get out of yourself, get out of your problems, leave them on the kitchen table with me in the Bible, and you go and you minister to those women. No one knows if I've had a fight with Gerald Hagerman when I go to minister to women. That will all just be there later. I give the Lord, Lord, I'm walking out the door. No one knows I, if I just got a devastating phone call because you know what? my husband says who's so cute he goes you give them the sunshine and you give jesus the rain ladies give jesus the rain the troubles in your life and those around you you can give the sunshine and now you can stop who has ever got the gift can keep it and why i gave that to you right now is that's how fast your problems have to roll off of you onto the lord did you say you had cannot harbor any bitterness or uh, disappointment or and teach. You cannot have a dirty mind and teach. You cannot you cannot give to the women that which you have not received from the Lord. 
So before you do that, ladies, you've got to go to prayer in the morning. I have a group of ladies that start at 8.30 in the morning and they start praying till 9. Just that if there's anybody coming in that's uh, depressed or oppressed or needs Jesus, they pray for me. They're lifting me up. It's, it's, I call it the broiler room, which was actually from... Um, Oh, what's it? Carrie Williams is what is the one that wrote that. And he said, what it is, it's like the control ship, right? The ship down below, you go down below, and that's where all the controls are. That's what makes the engine go. Prayer is going to make the engine go. And you turning loose of all your problems to the Lord as fast as they come into your heart is what's going to propel you to give to your women. You cannot give to your women if you're burdened down. And then we just want to ask the Lord to continually use us no matter who they are and no matter what they look like. Practical ways to increase your ministry. Because we want to bring in as many ladies as we can because we've already studied, right? We're, we're approved. We're approved by God. We've done our work. And now Lord, we're going, Lord, bring in who they want. Bring them in. Lord, bring them in. We encourage people when they come, they get a mug. All right? We just happen to have a mug that has our church on it, right? Joshua Springs, it tells our church times. Just make them feel appreciated, then make them sing a song. Kidding? Oh, you're so serious. Okay, serious. Oh, really? No. But, you know, you make them feel, hey, we're glad you're here. You don't have to get up. You don't have to say nothing. But if you're new, just raise your hand. I got a present. You'd be surprised how many hands go up. Got a present? That's going to be for me? Well, look for practical ways. And one of the most practical ways of all, we just ran an election with it in Yucca Valley to keep the grow. Uh, shops of growing marijuana out of our town was with the media. Ladies, if you have Facebook or your friends have Facebook or whatever, every Tuesday, every, that night before tomorrow morning's Women's Fellowship, ladies, I'm looking forward. We're going to be in 2 Samuel chapter 4. Learn how to be victorious in the middle of a trial. See you there. Be waiting for you at the door. And then underneath it, I put, please share to all your friends. And you know what all my friends do? They share best advertisement ever you can even put a little picture there if you like it you know whatever you but remind them lady studies tomorrow then when i get home after lady study in the morning i redo the the study and then i say lady study seven o'clock don't forget to come we're gonna be waiting for you at the door and so every i'm hitting all of the ladies please share and then the night group takes that on well the night group now has it pretty much exploded the night group is amazing now. We've got tons and tons of women, and they're serving the Lord. But you know, sometimes they will, even when we close the church down, go sit in each other's car and still... Because they just want that fellowship. We are so desperate so many times for fellowship. And some of that has happened because of all the media that's, you know, we, we're, we have, what, 989 friends on our Facebook page, and I have two, Right? That's what our society is. So these women that meet with women and they connect, that's what God wants us to do. And then, ladies, um, another way to help you do that is your table leaders. If they are at your table, make sure they're always at your table. And I'm going to be talking with my girls about this again. Because when they come to a table, they should never walk up to an empty table. The table leader must be there before you get there. Before They must be there at their table waiting to greet the ladies as they come in the door because a lot of them are coming in for the very first time. Remember, be, with God's word and your love to those women, your, your study is going to thrive. 
You give them the word of God, it's going to thrive. I guarantee it. God says his word will not return void. And he has the words he wants you to do. And then I am very creative. I learned through visual, so I try to do that with my girls. And I'm going to give you just a few really crazy ideas, but they worked. All right? One time, I was having to teach on a drink offering. And I was talking with my husband. I said, I've got to do the drink offering. And we're talking, and you pour it out, and then you're, you know, you're spirit. And I thought, I need steam. That's what I need. I need steam. And so I got a frying pan. And so I put this behind a plant. And I have my frying pan right here. And it was really hot. And then I took a glass of water and I poured it on all that steam came up. And I got to talk to them about what a drink offering was. It's that we're being poured out as a sweet fragrance to the Lord. He uses us up. It's a fragrance. And you know what? They'll remember now when they're sitting and a pastor's talking about what is a drink offering. Look for ways to do that. I have a suit of armor, all right? When I talk about put on the whole armor of God, I actually have a suit of armor that I bring in, and all the girls look at that suit, and then we go in and describe it. One day I was trying to tell the girls they need to die to self. They need to die to self. They need to die to self. I didn't know if I was getting through or not. So I knew somebody in town. I called her up. I said, I need, I need, a, I need a dummy. She goes, what? I, go, I need a dummy. I just need, you have a dummy? She goes, I do. I, I know somebody that has one. So I got this dummy. It was full size. I mean, we're talking as big as I was. She brought it in. She goes, can you use this? Called him his name, George. And when the women's came in for women's study, I just had George around my neck. I just walk up. How are you doing today? And I just started playing with the girls. And then that's what I was trying to say. When we are believers and we carry around our sin, it's obvious because it's weighting us down. And they got it. They're like, oh my gosh. So, you know, you, you walk in and what is it? First of all, it's, it's ridiculous to carry that weight when we don't have to carry that weight. It's nothing but dead. Christians don't belong in dead works. We don't belong in sin. And we carry that around. It weights us down. And one time I talked about um, the suitcases, how we're, you know, here today, gone tomorrow. And I had all the... the that uh, group covered with suitcases. One day I was being, talking about being trapped in old habits and I brought in a birdcage. Ladies, if you ask the Lord, make me creative, he will make you creative. You have not because you ask not, okay? And they will love it. They'll be going, what's you gonna do next week? And then every now and then I don't do nothing just because I don't wanna spoil them. <laughs> then one of my funnest ones just happened and I happen to have my friend here with me, Lori, but it was, it. <laughs> It was so funny because I had to talk about all of the guts and the gore of Second, you know, Second Samuel, where David's killing everybody and they're killing David, and he's on the run from his son. And oh, it's just bloody, and people are turning on each other, and poor David's just running. And then they go to conquer this city, and they go to Joab goes in. He goes, "I've got to bring out this traitor," and I'm paraphrasing it for me. But and and so he goes up. A lady comes out. She goes, "What do you want here?" What do you want here, Joab? Because I have to go in there. I got to go kill that traitor that's in your city. She goes, you're not coming in my city. She goes, what do you want? He goes, I need his head. She goes, tomorrow. At this time, that head will come over the wall. Well, I have to teach on that. 
And so I'm like, oh, I've got nothing, God, you know. The night before, we were at our thrift store. We have a thrift store from our church. And there was this helmet. You put it on. No one could see who you were. It's really heavy. And so I'm worshiping. I'm there at women's study, getting ready to go up in 10 minutes. Oh, excuse me. I'm singing. And I'm like, I've got nothing. God, i got nothing. And the Lord just gave me this idea. goes, remember that helmet? Get it here. I went in. I called up the lady from the thrift store. I go, I need that helmet. That one we were playing with last night at the thrift store. Can you get that down here right now? Okay. So she gets it down, and she brings me this helmet. All right? Then I'm like scouring the back of the church looking for who I could find. I found Lori. I said, Lori, come here. She goes, what? I go, I'm going to be teaching about a head coming over the wall. And when I start talking about the head coming over the wall, you stand behind over here where they can't see it because we have like a little, like a little veranda here. I go, check the head. She goes, what? I go, just take the head and throw it. It's because we have stage, you know. Oh my gosh, I, they all screamed. They all couldn't believe I did that all of a sudden. I said, and then can you just imagine a head coming over the wall and here comes this head, just whoa! And they couldn't, they didn't know we We had so much fun. But ladies, they will always remember that story. And then they go home and they start telling their friends, you should see our Bible teacher. Oh my gosh, she chucks a head over the wall. You know, well, they want to come see. Do you know? And maybe you're not the one that's that creative, but the lady right next to you is. Maybe you can't chuck the head, but somebody else in your in your group is going, oh, she just asked me to give her an idea. See, ladies, raise them up. Get those ideas going. And then they will take those ideas, and then they will be challenged with them. God wants his word to be exciting and to be comforting. As quick as our problems come, just as you pass that gift, is as quick as God wants it off your heart, onto him. Cast all your burdens, all your cares, because you are called to lead women. And in order to lead women, you have to be uncumbered. And the only way you can become uncumbered is giving every detail of your life to the Lord. That airborne has to be two steps. It's love your neighbor as yourself, and it is committing it completely to the Lord. And then, ladies, we need to be careful and watchful for negative attitudes. If you have a leader that's leading with you and she is negative, she shouldn't be leading with you. If she's negative, she should not be leading with you. We want to give people Jesus Christ. We want to give people the love of Jesus Christ. And if you have somebody over here going, oh my gosh, you chucked my head. Oh my gosh, I don't want to hear about, you know what? We want to be refreshing to ladies. We want to be uplifting to ladies. We want to be that group of women that yes, we can have fun, but boy, are we serious about knowing God. Boy, am I serious about prayer and fasting. Boy, are we serious about memorizing scripture. But yes, we can be happy. Do you know? We want to give that to those women because God has placed them with you. Each one of you, I could never reach, but you're going to. We're all in different areas here. We all have a sphere of influence. And in closing, 
I just want to tell you here, he says, stir up the gift. God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power. Ladies, fear will cripple you from doing anything for the Lord. You just need to remember that that is from the enemy. Fear is to know something is pending and, and is happened and is happening, and anxiety is thinking it might. And that what we are in our world is full of anxiety. I think even more than fear, we're full of what could happen. Do you know? Coming here, I drove two and a half hours, all right? Do you know what I did on Thursday night at three o'clock in the morning? Okay, my husband has a wedding today. I woke him up at three in the morning. I said, you should just drive me. That's, just a, that's a long ways to go, and those freeways are just like zoom, zoom, zoom. And you know, I'm from Idaho, so we have trees and trucks. And then we have all these trucks and all these cars and all this. And you know, the, the one that really gets you on the freeway is when it has the freeway sign right there, and then it has the one, okay, this is the 55, this is the 10, and this. And they're like in a row. You blink, you miss that. That's not right. If I ever meet who did that, I'm going to tell them. Because this, this side should be this one, this side. How wrong is that? Seriously. Okay, that's just something. But you know what? I was afraid to drive here. I had anxiety that I was even going to get a wreck, but even worse than that, I was going to get late. I was so full of anxiety. I wrote Michelle, and I said, so like, when do you need me there just in case I'm lost? And she goes, be there by 11. Got it. I'll leave at 6. <laughs> right? Right? They know. They roll with me. They're like, oh, she's crazy. So, fear, anxiety is going to cripple you to not make you want to do anything for the Lord. You can do it, ladies, because you're all sitting here and God has chosen you. You are his pleasure for those women. He chose you out of everyone else to lead this group, whether it's four or whether it's 400, God has chose you. You can do it, and you will do a great job at it. You just have to have that time alone with the Lord and let him talk to you. Now, one secret I will tell you that I do, that I enjoy, is I do have a Hebrew Bible. I do not teach much about the Hebrew Bible, but every now and then there'll be a verse that I will look up in the Hebrew Bible. You can get those online, just, you know, English translation, and I will look up and read what it says in the Hebrew, because, you know, it was translated in the Arabic, the Hebrew, and then we get it in the English, and sometimes just a word is just a little different, and I'll read that same thing. I'll read it to the girls in the King James, and then I'll say, now this is what it says in the Hebrew. Same verse, same thought, but there'll just be one thing that might touch their heart differently than they never thought about before. So those are what we do there. Remember, ladies, here in verse 9, okay, and, and no fear. Remember in verse 9, it says here, God has saved us with a holy calling, not of ourselves, according to our works. It's his purpose. It's not your works. It's not going to be your your the way you articulate something or even how funny you can be or how much fun, it's for his purpose. But the worst thing you can do is be a fun-loving gal, which I'm sure you all are in this room, and then get up on the stage and be sour pickles and just like this. <laughs> right? Come on. 
How many of us know, we could picture somebody that is a missionary right now, right? Right? Now, my picture of a missionary is different than your picture because I picture a missionary with a very big bun on her head. No. And I picture her in a very long, subdued dress and just, just looks holy. You just go, you're, you're holy. Well, I have, (laughs) I have a work over in Africa. I go over there all the time. We have 125 kids we support. We're teaching them to be bilingual. The the village there is self-efficient. We have 70 acres in Malawi, Africa. And I'm going over there with my friend. My friend goes over there four times a year. I go once a year. I raise the money. She does the work. It's a good deal. But one day we sat there and we were having coffee together and she looked over at me and I said, I just had a really bad thought. She goes, what? She goes, what? I go, we're missionaries. <laughs> oh my gosh! Because when I was a kid, a missionary was so out of touch. Ladies, just be who you are. When you teach those women, you just give them God's word. Be in touch with the ladies around you. Be transparent. Let them know you love them. We don't want to go and talk about our problems, but you know what? You can talk about them like she did today, like Bethany did today when she was saying, hey, I was even doubting my prayer life. You can tell those girls, and you know what that does for them? That builds them up because you're approachable. You're touchable. We're not so holy and so spiritually minded that we can't touch our world and the ladies around us. And then remember that God often sharpens his brightest gems in the dark. Many times, ladies, the brightest you're ever going to shine is through that trial you're going through. You're going to be chiseled away. Sometimes that sharpening hurts. But God loves you. He will not waste one tear, one heartache. You are precious to him. You are his purpose. You are his desired purpose. And so in closing, I want you to rethink your ministry. Rethink that it's all about him and it's his ministry and you're just the custodian of it. All right? Let's get back to just talking about the Word of God. Teach them how to read the Word of God. Make them thirsty, just like a Pringles potato chip, to look in the next chapter going, I wonder what actually really happens to him over here because like right there he had an affair. (laughs) That is what you're called to do. Make them want to look into the Word of God more. Rethink that your calling this morning, girls, is a luxury. You are serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and you know Him, and you know Him good. What a luxury to be able to tell somebody else about Jesus Christ. Rethink what God saw in you to put you in charge of them. What did God see in you? He's like, I need her. I need that pastor's wife. I need that support person. I need them. What did he see in you that he put you in charge? I love that because we see our faults. God sees you totally different. And in closing, rethink. The Bible says to serve the Lord with your whole heart soul, mind, and strength. 
And ladies, that translates to the word strength, muchness. Picture somebody rippled with tons of uh, muscles, muchness. Their strength is muchness. Serve the Lord with all your muchness. Everything in you, your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Your strength, much of it. Use that for God. Give him whatever there is of you. And your ministry, I guarantee you, will thrive and not just survive. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for each gal that's here. Gosh, Lord, so many of them are pastor's wives. So many of them are the ones leading. And Father, we get weary and we forget it's your ministry. It's not our ministry. Lord, we're just merely these tools, Father, that we ask you to use. And Lord, I pray that we would make them, Father, even more and more, Lord, to want to look into your word, that we would give to them, Lord Jesus, the insight to want to look to the next chapter, that we would give them you, Jesus. Give them those personalities, Lord Jesus, that can be able to help the wounded that walk through the door. Lord, help us to be on fire, that they will catch fire in their hearts with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies, they're serving lunch. So thank you for coming. I'm so excited. I was like, what if I only have four? That'd be sad. God bless you. If you have any questions, I'm going to be here for just a few minutes. Take these with you. You can just take a look at them and see. Just imagine this is really thick, and it's got one of those clear covers, and that's what everyone gets when they come to our study in September. And I think we gave away over 500 and something this year. That also shows you what's happening with your church when you kind of can see that. If you can't do it, just go online. God bless you.